on the ninth day of Christmas, namely nineties gave to me. me. Nine orphans playing, eight urkels geeking, seven twins twinning, six sliders sliding, five fruit cakes. Four time loops, three young kids, two prophetic dreams, and a refrigerator today. Oh, it's going to be brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is no one can hear you individually except Brandon when he's cutting it together. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Welcome to Namely 90s, the podcast that takes you back to the time before smartphones, Google, and Y2K. Join your hosts as they relive the pop culture that shaped a generation and the parts that many people wish they could forget. Listen in to the conversation about how the decade defined those who spent their childhood there and how it shaped them as adults. So, turn down the grunge and dial up the internet. Let's get started. It's time for Namely 90s. That's right, you're listening to Namely 90s. My name's Andrew, and over there's Brandon. That's me. You can find us online at Namely90s.com or on Twitter and Instagram at Namely90s with a 90S. You can also find the show on YouTube at Namely90s.com slash YouTube. And finally, if you'd like to support the show, head on over to Patreon.com slash Namely90s with a 90S to sign up for one of our support levels. And here we are, the ninth episode of our 12 Days of Christmas specials. Um, And this one is near and dear to my heart, so I'm excited for this. But uh, uh, joining us, we have a guest. So, Brandon, please introduce the guest. You're, you're, <laughs> you were almost there. Why couldn't yeah, you know. just say? Because now, because now you have done all of them, and it's uh, funny. Perfect, perfect <laughs> comedic timing. Uh, yes, we have a very happy everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us on the ninth day. Um, uh, today we have an awesome guest. We have Nikki of Serial Napper, a true crime podcast um hi nikki how are you good happy to be here thank uh, you for, we're glad thank you for yeah. joining us yeah, yeah. um so serial napper is uh it's a great idea it's it's kind of like it's your true crime podcast but it's also nice and uh it's you know there's those people that listen to true crime that as they go to bed uh or mm-hmm. or like you know as their relaxation uh technique and um I'm personally not one of them, but uh, I one of the one of the uh, podcasters I used to listen to, Dan Harmon and his his fiance. They like he he's on record as saying, "Yeah, we just throw on we throw on whatever uh, true crime podcast we could find, uh, puts us right to sleep." <laughs> and um, th- so mm. that's I think that's a great idea. What, can you tell us a little bit more about Serial Napper? Yeah, so Serial Napper is an international true crime podcast. Um, I started it about a year and a half ago. Uh, I've recorded a little over 100 episodes in that year and a half. And it all stemmed from just my love of true crime and growing up watching Dateline and Law and Order when I was way too young to be watching it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And with the pandemic, I mean, I found myself bored out of my mind listening to other true crime podcasts and thought, maybe I'd give it a try. So I cover a lot of international cases, um, straight right mm-hmm. to the point. I'm a solo host all by myself. So I try to keep my episodes between 30 to 45 minutes. And it's just straight to the point, just the facts to kind of lull you to sleep while you listen to the most horrific, brutal international murders. <laughs> uh, That's uh- Uh, You mentioned Dateline, you know, 2020. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing that almost all of them start with is they had the perfect marriage. They always always do that. That's one of my favorites. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, isn't it always the husband? uh, It's always the husband. When I live with my parents, they pretty much exclusively watch Bigfoot shows and like murder documentaries. So mm-hmm. I got, I get exposed to an awful lot of that during Bigfoot had the perfect weapon. <laughs> That's why we all have crippling anxiety. Now as adults, we all grew up watching just terrible stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do. I, I mean, I don't go out of my way to watch Dateline, but when I'm like visiting family, I'll just have it on in, in the evening. And it's like, 
I'll be. I'll, I don't have the attention span anymore. I like the fact that you 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 said you're straight into the point in your facts uh, in your show. And like uh, for me, it's it's like um, Dateline after the first or second commercial break of the two hour show. I'll be like, you know what? I could just Wikipedia what happened to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, they keep leading up to stuff before the commercial, and then yeah, yeah it's it's. A You'll whole thing. never believe what was on the boyfriend's phone. <laughs> I oh, bet I no, will. It's, it's right here, Wikipedia. Perfect. <laughs> He was never found until this. Oh, no, he, they caught him. It, it's perfect. Um, but yeah, that's uh, what made you choose international um, uh, true crime. crime. Yeah, true crime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, I don't know why that left my vocabulary. So I'm actually, I'm a Canadian and I'm currently living in Tokyo. Uh, my husband is military, so we move a lot. And so I hear, I started hearing of the craziest stories living in Japan. So if you think stuff is crazy in the States, I mean, the crime in Japan, it's just, it's next level. Like Ooh. Japan is a very polite, tame, organized society, but yeah. when People here commit crimes. They just take it to the next level, the craziest stuff you've ever heard of. So that's kind of where I started. Um, the first couple of episodes <clears throat> were from Japan because they're stories that people haven't heard and they're just mind blowing. What's uh, what's your go to 90s crime story? 90s crime mm -hmm. story. Um, I hate to say one, favorite murder case because that kind of, you know, but like, you know. What's, yeah. what's that one from the 90s? For me, well, especially being Canadian, it probably uh, Carla Homoka and, um, oh my God, why can't I think of his name? What's uh, the guy, Barbie and Ken murders? Um, I'm not enough Paul, of a true... Paul Bernardo. Okay, so <laughs> Paul I'm not Bernardo, enough of a true tribe yeah. guy to know the names, unfortunately. They but, Yeah, they were a couple um, from Ontario yeah. And they did some pretty terrible stuff. They sure. looked just like the most beautiful couple. They were both great looking, young, mm. no kids. And they would abduct young women, rape and murder them together. And one of the women was actually Carla's younger sister. Um, and it was Yikes. a crazy case in Canada because they couldn't, somehow they couldn't find the evidence to convict Paul Bernardo, even though it was very clear that he was the one doing it and Canadian police kind of just botched the whole investigation. Mm. So they gave her a plea deal um, to, to recover videotapes because they had video recorded all of the rapes and the murders. And she was out. I don't know exactly what the sentence was, but it, it was short. Like it was maybe under 10 years and she's back living in Canada. She's remarried, has kids because um, she turned mm. on her husband, Paul Bernardo. He's still in jail he'll be he'll be there forever but she's just gone on to live her life so it was just one of the biggest injustices in canada so that one always stuck with me um andrew <laughs> made a good point about not calling them favorite murders but uh yeah i wasn't uh, actually referencing the show my favorite murder i was, was just she, saying i was like what's your favorite 90s murder yeah. like it, it, it kind of goes the wrong way of like almost glorifying murder like mm -hmm. we don't want to do that yeah but no i i thought that was uh uh yeah, I didn't really realize what I was wording. <laughs> well, uh, my segue is that uh, do you have a favorite episode that you've done so far? Because you're you're now in season two. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you said, you have over 100 episodes. I think I clocked you at 125 when I was looking looking at your page originally. Um, do you have a favorite favorite episode that you've done so far? It doesn't have to be the like you've enjoyed the uh, discussing the case as much as like you feel like this episode is like the one if you had to 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 hook so, someone with what which one would you throw out there oh that's tough um there was an opportunity where i was able to interview the former fiance of um a convicted murderer josh young um and he was actually on the Dr. Phil show at one point. Mm. So he was charged with killing his stepson and he was trying to blame his own teenage son for doing it. And there's always been some back and forth as to who actually killed the stepson slash stepbrother. Was it the father? Was it the brother? And I was able to interview his um, ex-fiance and she had a lot of insight as to who mm. these people really are and kind of the backstory and just the mass manipulation 
um, that they did. And so it, it still leaves you with the question of who really committed the murder. But I thought that was really interesting to get some actual uh, insight for people who really knew these individuals. That's, Josh that's Young. Really cool. Josh Young. Yeah. Uh, check out that episode of Serial Napper. Um, you know, uh, that's, I've, I, I enjoy, like, Andrew enjoys true crime more than I do, but I, I appreciate it as, like, it's, like, one of the reasons that, um, podcasting has really, uh, exploded in the last five, ten years. And, um, it's, it's a great genre to be a part of is, um, where was I going with this? Oh, uh, I was curious what the process is like for um, developing an episode. Because for us, you know, we're an, we're a nostalgic comedy podcast. We can just look back at what happened in a day in a, or a month in the year, which is what we do. And then just kind of like riff on whatever subjects come to mind. And you're you're solo. You're, you're spitting facts at people. You're, you're, you have to like condense a case down into 30, 45 minutes. What, what, what's that process like? Yeah. Audio books are my best friend. So mm-hmm. I'm, I constantly have my phone playing audio books about the, co- uh, the cases that I'm covering, whether I'm like doing the dishes, doing the laundry, just constantly taking in information. And then I'm able to retell the story in my own words, um, and back it up with any facts that I need to look at, but it does take a lot of, a lot of research to put together. And then I usually, depending on the case. Sometimes I'll reach out to individuals who might be close to it to see if they want to comment. Um, but it does get a little tricky if you're talking about, you know, a murdered person. Mm-hmm. You don't really want to keep rehashing that with people who may have been affected by their mm-hmm. murder. Um, right. But yeah, it, it does take quite a bit of research. Audiobooks are my best friend, <laughs> for sure. Um, well, let's As the lead researcher on this show, I feel very... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't do anything. <laughs> I just show I'm the talent. Yeah. Barely. He, he, he walks through the door, uh, <laughs> sipping a coffee and, uh, <laughs> takes off his sunglasses before we start recording. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's awesome. Um, or not awesome, but <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's a great insight into, to how you do it. I, cause even compared to, compared to us, you do a lot of work just to put out an episode. Uh, as yeah, and there's just, some pressure to get it right. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, people will call you out immediately if you get the smallest insignificant fact wrong, and that's fair because we're talking about something very serious. Um, I always appreciate when people correct me if I'm wrong, um, but yeah, people are quick to notice. But the benefit of taking in all of this information is if there's ever a trivia night. And there's that any, <laughs> there's any true crime. I'm, I've got it. Uh, well, we are going to put you on our team. Nikki. <laughs> to Brandon's point about all the true crime podcasts, a lot of bad ones out there. So we appreciate having the host of a good one here. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that one? <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, you know, there's some that they take it seriously and like do it justice, so to speak. But everyone who's like, Hey, let's just get drunk and talk about crimes. Like, <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. I can't. Mm. Unless you're like a celebrity type person, that's not going to work for you. It's yeah, I'm it's saying. tough. And I mean, if you look at YouTube right now, I mean, the majority of the true crime content is, you know, people doing their makeup and talking about these interesting, horrible murders. Honestly, you just look up any true crime YouTube channel and it's 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 I feel just it feels kind of a little icky. I don't know. Yeah. When the true yeah. crime is their makeup. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so, sometimes. <laughs> To get the clicks, that's uh, that might be going a little too far. Brandon, should we do an episode where we put on makeup the entire time? Uh, I mean, I'm not against it. <laughs> I mean, I've worn it before, so you know. I, I have some guyliner for my emo outfit. Um, so <laughs> it's okay. I wore blush to Christmas once, so <laughs> these things happen. I'm surprised you don't just toss on a little powder. Your little you, your T zone is a little shiny on the webcam. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But going from uh, horrible YouTube people to a much lighter topic, uh, the holidays where you're on our Christmas special. We're talking about the Pretender season one, episode eight, not even a mouse. But first, we, we always like to ask the guests, do you have 
I mean, we we usually say, do you have any '90s holiday memories that you feel like sharing? But I'll, it it can be from any time or relate to literally anything at all. If you content is content, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's no real '90s story that comes to mind. But I was just thinking about how. We, as part of our family tradition, as part of our family tradition, we always like to watch the old '90s movies, and of course, every year it has to be uh, Home Alone. Nice. But watching that with my kids now, I'm always surprised at how inappropriate and violent it is <laughs> for my children. And I just, I remember watching it and just laughing, you know, when they get like hit in the face with the board and. The, the nails, paint and and the paint, but yeah. And my kids are sitting there and I don't know if, what this says about my parenting, but they're just, maybe they're a little too sheltered because they're just horrified. <laughs> yeah. Whereas <laughs> we were just laughing as children. As I'm watching, I'm like, oh my God, he's going to need occupational therapy. It's going to be a nightmare. Like when they fall and like fall on their back, you know, there, there goes the sciatica. Like, oh, geez. I got to see a chiropractor forever. <laughs> Uh, but that stuff was totally normal for us to watch uh, back then. Like for me, I, that was nothing. I, th- I thought it was hilarious. My kids maybe are a little bit more sheltered. And, a lot of groin shots, like a lot mm-hmm. of, yeah, stepping on a rake or a board and getting hit in the face. Like these are all classic. Probably but, why a lot of millennials enjoy the Saw franchise now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the grown up version. It yeah. is. Well, I mean, there's a fan theory that Kevin McAllister grew up into the guy from Saw. Um we're, we a lot of the stuff we talk about. The common theme is like tasteless violence, mm-hmm. homophobia, fat jokes, uh, you know, etc. Um, that's the '90s for you. Well, you, yeah. well, we to clarify, we point those out. Yeah, uh, we don't. Yeah, we point right. out exactly. Yes, um, but yeah. Uh, speaking of fat jokes, uh, the Pretender. What? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice segue. No, I did not have a real segue. Um, <laughs> just because uh, this is the one Andrew's been looking forward to the most, uh, which is weird because we did the X Files and Sliders, um, which well. were also your picks. Um, and I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I I watched The Pretender uh, on reruns on TNT when I was like a preteen or something. Uh, I, 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 I recall liking the series, um, watching this episode, it's still that rough season one era. Um, but, uh, I thought I'd, I'd ask our guest and then let Andrew just, uh, expound on it. Uh, do you remember the pretender was, uh, was this in something that you watched? So I've never actually seen The Pretender before, before this episode. I'd never seen it. It's just, it's not one that my mom must have had on the background. So I guess for the 90s, I was between the ages of, what, 4 to 14 were my 90s. And it's just one that my mom must have never had on the background. She always had like JAG or whatever, but... The pretend like I was I was into it. I I like I want to go back and actually start from the beginning and do it and watch it. <laughs> did you did you get enough from the the cheesy 90s style intro where they tell you the whole story in the in the intro um to 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 understand it with the Yeah, I kind of I kind of pieced together who the characters were, what was going on. Um, yeah, I, I was able to figure it out and I really appreciated the cheesiness. It was give me all the warm and fuzzies. It, it definitely makes it makes me think of the, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer intro, which we've talked about three or four <laughs> times so far. This Christmas, yeah. these Christmas specials in every generation. There is a Slayer. <laughs> all right, Andrew, the pretender. <laughs> I, say, I love this show and I think it's because growing up, it's something that I think I watched when it originally aired. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I believe it aired before the profiler, which is like a pretty popular nineties NBC show. Um, and I think I had to go to bed before the profiler came on. So it was kind of like the one show I, that fell within the time I would watch TV in the evenings. But, um, I, I like it because it has kind of like, in a way it kind of feels like the X files from the perspective of every week. It's kind of like, you know, like a monster of the week episode, mm-hmm. but yet there's like the deep story arc stuff happening. And true. They don't do a lot of it. This is not. And, and they good, use the same font. Yes, true. I noticed that. This is not the best episode 
I mean, usually the pilot, but like this is not a good episode to get introduced into the series because like a bunch of the characters aren't even in this episode. No one really explains what Miss Parker does. Like it's kind of confusing, but she she washes um, the bunnies. Essentially, (laughs) she's chasing him throughout this entire series, trying to get him back. And she has like a giant gun. I'm like, why does she have a gun? Like, are they going to shoot him? Like, why does she have such a big gun? Anyway, um, but yeah, he always does these. He like investigates these crimes that like no one knows about and he like catches the people and he usually is kind of like he's kind of dark like this episode i mean mm. he usually makes people think they're gonna die and then they don't <laughs> die and he they turns over the evidence to the proper authorities etc but um just like, i uh-huh. i, I believe, thought he was gonna turn into dexter i thought right. i really thought he felt was gonna dexterish turn. yeah mm-hmm. um but I would recommend everyone watch this. I mean, it's 86 episodes. Like there's some really sinister and like that's a commitment. It's it, there's <laughs> a really sinister. Like so there's a lot of sinister characters who are doing a bunch of stuff. That's kind of sketchy and you get into the whole backstory. And I really think it's still watchable. Now I agree. Season one. Yeah. A little rough, like every season one, mm-hmm. but um, it's also from the nineties and that is the original music. Actually. What? The, uh... You said something uh, about them not licensing the music. No, I said they should have licensed actual music, not like oh. uh, non uh, like everything. Everything that played was like, oh, come all you faithful or. Oh, yeah, um, I see what you mean. Music that they didn't have to license to, oh, to I use. I yeah. see. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Oof. But uh, no, it's I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed it as a kid. Um, uh, it's it like you, you end up rooting for Jared and uh some somewhat miss parker from time to time uh but for for those of you not in the know the pretender is an american action drama television series uh that aired on nbc from 1996 to 2000 uh follows a young man who is the titular character of the pretender named jared he's a genius uh who's able to impersonate a member of any profession uh given he was kidnapped as a child and uh, raised in the center a sinister think tank located in a fictional city in delaware um who exploited him until he escaped one day as a grown adult with no social skills (sighs) i think that's one of the key (laughs) concepts of the show too is like he doesn't know anything about the world so he gets into the world and he's learning all these things. Like in one episode, he becomes obsessed with making Twinkie cream, which actually becomes part of the story. He later does something with the Twinkie cream. No, it's not. Don't never mind. Sorry. Anyway, he does though. Um, and then like this one, he didn't know what fruitcake was. You right. know, so we'll come into that later, obviously. But um, the Twinkie That's cream cute. episode is my favorite. I, I think my the thing I, I always remember the most about the show is that the kid that plays young Jared and all the flashbacks slash videotapes of himself that he's stolen from the center um, is the kid who was in the, the boy that was in Smart House, uh, the Disney Channel original movie Smart House, as well as Luck of the Irish. I knew uh, he looked familiar. He was in quite a bit of stuff, wasn't he? Like, he, I, I think he most recently he had like a long stint on Pretty Little Pretty Little Liars. Um, yeah, he was in a lot of stuff over a long amount of time. Um, but what is his name? Ryan Merriman. Uh, he was in one of the Final Destinations. Um, oh, that's where I remember him from. Yeah. Final Destination Three. Mm-hmm. He was in The Ring Two um yeah the, the one question i have about the flashback videos is like is there a camera crew like why is it two camera it's like a two camera drama <laughs> like shouldn't it be a security camera that's a good point <laughs> i was like what is going on here and you know if like the daughter isn't supposed to um be in the area that she was like I isn't someone holding herself. the camera looking at her being in the wrong area right uh, or at least if she's on security camera, someone should, you know, uh, be reprimanding it her periodically. Well, yeah. I picture someone sitting there watching and like switching between camera one, camera two, <laughs> zooming in on the face. That is one. possible. But like we've <laughs> seen, yeah. here's I'm not the thing. paid enough to take care of these children. <laughs> that was also, can I point out that they tried mm. to make it look old by putting it in that weird little screen. But like <laughs> there are security cameras now that, you can't even like see anything on. And yet in 1969, they had like this amazing camera system. I don't mm-hmm. buy it. 
that's the thing you don't buy. <laughs> Uh, also, um, the guy who plays Sydney in the current era, I think, was uh, in a the last Roger Moore James Bond film, A View to a Kill, as the sidekick to Christopher Walken. Is his uh, name Patrick Bacow or something like that? Yeah. It, yeah, it's something I don't know how to pronounce. Um, <laughs> or I didn't even write it down. I, I, I just... He's the guy in the film from The Thing, Andrew, come on. He also guest starred in House for like an episode. Oh, did he? He played um, Jesse Spencer's dad. Which didn't make sense because their accents are like way different, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's, you know, uh, the earlier the show, the accent, as long as it sounded foreign, they were related, right? Uh, thank you. <laughs> early 90s or late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. Um, should we talk about not even a mouse? I need to check out my camera. Sure. And pause. You know, you're also a host of this. You're you're able to. Yeah, to, but you know, I don't want to. It's hard to. You're distracting. Okay. <laughs> no one watches the YouTube channel. There's That's like, true. Eight have, people over the yeah. course of the next three years are going to watch this. No, we have uh, on the YouTube I mean, channel. We have a small amount of people that watch it, but <laughs> including my mom, <laughs> including <No>. your mom, <laughs> one time. I don't think she said she wouldn't watch or listen to it regular. <laughs> can we take that quote and put it on a poster somewhere yeah we should put that on the testimonials on our on our website i wouldn't watch or listen regularly andrew's mother <laughs> anyway so uh yeah let's let's talk about the episode not even a mouse um well it i don't know i didn't take any notes andrew <laughs> so so it all begins wait how did it start uh oh, there's, there's a dead body and yes. then the van pulls up, and sure enough, who who pops out? But Jared, as a coroner, I, yeah, me- a medical, I guess, yeah, medical coroner examiner. slash medical examiner. Um, mm-hmm. And then they do stuff to the body, like like take pictures. We should point out that it is a Santa in. <laughs> oh right, sorry, I forgot about that. It's a dead Santa and a drunk elf. Uh, the drunk elf wasn't dead, or an elf. He was just a, a little a person. Human. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the cheesy uh, joke started almost immediately too. He got out of yeah. the van and I think he was, he said something like I brought the gift wrapping and it was like garbage bags or like a tarp or something for the body. Terrible. I was waiting for the CSI Miami theme song to start playing after he said yeah. the gift wrap. thing. <laughs> he puts on his sunglasses. It's nighttime. You won't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looks directly in the camera. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and then the, the title played with the, the the background of the show we already talked about that there are uh, pretenders among us um so uh when we get back from the the titles um jared's in the emmy's office or corner's office or uh what have you and he's uh, he did the autopsy on the santa and good lord there's a lot of blood on his hand <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you'd imagine there would be i suppose for a frozen body that's been dead for how long? Also, I have a question. Was this dead body Christmas George or was that a different Santa? I thought this was Christmas George. I got confused by the dates later in the in the show. Yeah. I yeah, I originally thought it was too, but it was someone else. And I thought they said that he died of a heart attack. Like when they were taking the temperature <laughs> of his what eggnog, oh, mm-hmm. remember? And then I thought they said he died of a heart attack. So, so it must be like, is so it, it was that, two different people. I think what happened is so. they he had the dead the Santa and yeah. then they were like, Oh, there was that dead Santa last year too. Maybe right. that's how like he got onto the whole story. I think that might've been what it was. And Jared's just like, Oh, I'll investigate that for fun. There's a lot <laughs> of dead Santas. Yeah. For, He's like, Hmm. And then by that point, I'm like, is, is there a serial killer going on? Cause they find another, another dead body in a snowbank. Um, I guess I'm skipping ahead. But you're then again, a, when you're a coroner, it's all dead bodies. So. True. Uh, Jared <laughs> solves the time of death by analyzing the bacteria in the eggnog uh, that was in the cup versus in the the body. I, I didn't follow that either. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's funny that the boss was like, there's no way to tell. He's like, listen, lady, why don't you apply yourself? He just yeah. like figures it out. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, she's passing out fruitcakes from the mayor, I want to say. I, I didn't so, really. Yeah, someone sends fruitcakes to the morgue as a Christmas gift. 
uh, we did an episode on Christmas Day uh, for the Good Eats episode. It's a wonderful cake where Alton Brown taught us how to make fruitcakes. Um, so uh, seeing it pop up again so soon, uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting that fruitcake. I, I get it, it's a Christmas thing, but also. But, but my favorite thing is he doesn't know what fruitcake is. So conceptually, it sounds good. Yes. <laughs> Which mm. you would know, you would think if you weren't, uh, you know, he uh, ate at of, least a third of that fruit. Yeah, cake. he did. Like on camera, he, the actor had to eat fruitcake. That's a good point. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, man. Um, so there's a second body found uh, there. Prior to that, there was a flashback about the uh, snow globe that he got as a kid as a present. Was, was, is, am I am I on the right track here? Yeah, uh, you got it. You got okay. it. Okay. Um, but yes, they they call this girl the new body they find in LGL because uh, you know the, that boss lady is cold AF. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is. And apparently, uh, yeah, uh, LGL stands for little girl lost. Um, I, I believe that's a reference to something. Uh, is that a Lost Boys or a is that a Lost Boys reference? Peter Pan reference? Am I? Am I, I have am no I? idea. All right. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, Jared then starts investigating that one when everyone else is just like bag it and tag it, Jay. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got quotas to meet here. It's the holidays. Yeah. Get him out of here. Get her out of here. <laughs> She uh, didn't even look like homeless or tattered or, and they just, she right. didn't have any ID on her or something. So they're just like, nah, yeah. no way we could solve this no. with, you know, her uh, clearly the, she's homeless with the, the expensive, uh, jacket and shoes. Her hair was all done. Like what? <laughs> like, I didn't get it. All it did was prove that the, all of the other medical examiners who are experienced medical examiners are awful at their job. Like, <laughs> this guy comes in, he starts figuring stuff out right away. And terrible people. Uh, yeah, it's 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 funny how in the nineties, uh, people on this show just didn't care about their jobs. Um, or Jared would show them up. Uh, let's see. Um, Christmas. They start talking about Christmas. George. He he used to bring all the orphans gifts at Christmas and uh, Jared goes to the orphanage that's run by what appears to be a Catholic nun um, and uh, he's he's for some reason talking to her about how implausible the existence of Santa Claus is um, in front of uh, orphans uh, orphan children uh, <laughs> which I, yeah I feel like in that scene I feel like they were trying to imply the nun was like into him because of the way that she was kind of acting was a little, it was like, mm, interesting. <laughs> like she was hitting on, it kind of seemed like she was hitting on him. I don't know. Uh, I didn't get that. No, I didn't get that. No. Okay. Uh, There's a look she gives at the end where I was like, Hmm. Okay. I thought that was a stink eye. Like, like was it? Okay. Like, well, apparently I'm out of touch to, to me. That was like <laughs> the, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah. That's funny. Well, again, maybe those things I I interpret those things as one and the same. I shouldn't. Uh, but here we are. <clears throat> oh, having having met your wife. Hi, Kayla. Um, I have no response to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, Jared. You have to edit that one out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jared then goes on after after uh, disproving mathematically that Santa Claus is a physical impossibility. <laughs> Uh, Jared explains death to an orphan child. Uh, that was so uncomfortable. Wow. Well, you see, oh he's gosh. not coming back ever again. He's dead. Do you understand what dead means? It oh, means he's wow. gone away for a long time. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and it's at this point, I thought the pacing of the episode was beyond terrible. Uh, I, it was a little slow. Christmas shows tend to be a little slow. Really? Uh, I remember the Family Matters episode where they had to pack in everything into like 19 minutes and it was quite Well, bad. the issue is that you have a 44-minute show. Yes. It, it takes some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I defended the sliders uh, and I also like this show, but 
Good God, there's a there's a lot. This of, is definitely not the best episode to start with. No, um, <laughs> uh, it cuts to commercial after he devastates a small child about uh, <laughs> the Let's finality learn about of death. life. Yeah, uh, we come back and he's r- now run 137 tests <laughs> on the dead er- dead girl. Um, <laughs> and uh, he finds out that she has compression fractures in her ankles. And then he yes. notices uh, some calluses on her hand. And then we get another random B story <laughs> with Miss <laughs> Parker. And uh, what it is, I don't even know if you could call it a B story. Her dad calls her and says, come to the Christmas party and meet my business associates. <laughs> and then much later in the episode, he calls and says, I'm sorry, honey, I don't want you here. And then that's it's, the B story. Well, it's it's because of the fact that he, she like she's estranged from him, but he's not physically distant. She works for him. Yeah. But <laughs> like, he's like a high up in the center's leadership structure. And I feel like she's kind of like following in his footsteps. So maybe meeting the associates like makes her career go. I don't know, there's like a lot to that. And then her mom's dead. And we come to find out later that that the center may or may not have been involved in that. Mm-hmm. So her father, do you see her? Do you see him in other episodes? Yes. Uh, it's okay. the guy from, I'm going to find out. Sorry. Cause I just pictured him being this voice, just Over he's only a voice yeah. just from this episode. <clears throat> or I, at other times I thought Sydney was her father. Yeah. So did I, I got that one. Mixed well, up. The, po- the poster is great. I should say, um, they're wearing so much leather in like the, the promotional poster. Oh yeah, uh, this is one of those '90s shows where everyone wears leather. This was pre-Matrix leather, by the way, uh, so everything looks like they got it at a big and tall store. Um, <laughs> Harv Presnell is plays the father of Miss Parker, and I don't know. He was in Saving Private Ryan, Patch Adams, Face the, Off. Uh, the dad is someone Fargo. Named Harvey Presnell, and he's Am been I in a lot. Sisting on. Uh, <laughs> did what did you not hear me just say that oh how did you figure that out so fast i was looking at yeah. uh i was looking it up so i was listening to you <laughs> that's why i wasn't listening to you what do it, i know him from this is driving me nuts old school saving private ryan mm-hmm. face off mr deeds nope. Evan almighty uh, okay yeah i have no idea fargo he's that guy though Patch Adams, Nash Bridges. Oh, well. He's the guy with the stash in most of his movies. Yeah. It it was. Yeah, always a stash. The old soup strainer, the old push broom. It was the dad from, it was Lois's dad from the New Adventures of Superman. That's what it was. (laughs) That's where I knew. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's where I knew. That's that's it. Yep. Wow. That's a. That's a stretch. Um, he was also wa- in Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place, strangely enough. <laughs> we watched both of those shows earlier in our uh, 12 Days of Christmas specials. Um, but yes, a uh, lot, of, lot of leather in this show. Uh, I like it. I mean, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of leather. <laughs> but like, it, it looks good in the 90s. Like Jared in his dark outfit. His like uh, stalkerish outfit. All the vampires on Buffy. Um, Here's the thing that I do want to ask, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if we're there yet. Oh no, we're not quite there yet. I'll wait. Okay. Uh, we come back from another random break, and uh, the of course the Asian uh, Emmy is preparing fugu in the morgue. <laughs> that was just that was that was something else. Wow. Yeah. It's like if you ever have needed uh, an obvious sign of what a Chekhov's gun is, it's that. Um, fugu is illegal in the state United States. If you're unfamiliar, it's a it's a Japanese puffer fish with uh, a toxin that is, is tetrodotoxin. Yes, uh, and it's 500 times more uh, potent than cyanide. Um, and you are unable to obtain fugu in the United States unless you are a trained fugu sushi chef. With a restaurant. Um, I like how it's so dangerous. You can only buy it if you're using it to eat it. 
Well, that doesn't make sense. That's what they do. I mean, they eat it in Japan. There's no, there's I know. I've had it. I've had it. Oh, that's right. you, you, you yeah. are in Japan. I I'm in, I've had it. Yeah, it's it's, it's all right. I mean, it's a little nerve wracking just mm-hmm. eating it. Like it, exactly. Yeah. Like the only way you can get it is if you're preparing it to eat. <laughs> um, but she said it like makes your toes tingle and makes you get buzzed. That doesn't seem right to me. Does that is that correct? See, I don't know because I'm always hammered when I have it too <laughs> because it's everywhere you go here. It's all you can drink. So you always you're drinking while you're eating the the fugu. So yeah, mm, maybe <laughs> could be right. Hmm. Um. Yeah. That's that's interesting. There's um. Uh, I am quite jealous. I, I've I've wanted to try fugu for some time. Uh, there's some chips that were released recently that mimic uh, the taste and tingle of fugu um, <laughs> that I bought. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, they, they also come in horse meat flavor, uh, <laughs> maggot cheese, and I forget what the fourth one was. This isn't a joke. I ha- I'm staring at the box right now and trying to decide whether um, I give it away as stocking stuffers or try it myself. <laughs> But anyway, what, what ends up happening is he like looks up Christmas George, his death, mm-hmm. and it says it was a, a hit and run with instantaneous death or whatever. But he wanted to get the nine one one records, so he poses as a nine one one dispatcher. Yep. And I feel like he's being super condescending to like the super worried dad about his kid. He saved like, that child. He's like, now that wasn't so hard, was it? It's like <laughs> screw you. I was I wasn't thinking clearly. My son's not breathing. But he also talked him through and saved his child's life before the paramedics. I know, but he seemed a little smug about it. I'm going to be honest. It's Jared. Is he never not (laughs) smug about anything? Yeah, true. Uh, Anyway, but then he finds out that it was called in by a payphone. It turns out to be the homeless man he once spoke to about Christmas George. Uh, Mm. Yes, the best friend of Christmas George. Um, Also, oh, it turns out he's hit by a car, but didn't die instantly. Mm-hmm. So someone is lying. Yes, and we find out that some redhead woman with a medical bag uh, got got out of a car later and said she was from the coroner's office and uh, re- revived him. I, I don't. Well, know. not only that, no, she didn't revive him. She gave him the toxin so that he would act dead, and then when she got him back to the morgue, she killed him. That was my understanding. Was it the fugu toxin, or yeah. was it just? Yeah. Oh, was, was it? it? Oh, no, you're right. No, oh, no. Hold on. Know. She gave him something that I think mimic the effects of death. I think that okay. was the idea. It makes you paralyzed. You appear dead, yes. right? But you're not actually dead. But, which is mm-hmm. kind of what tetrodotoxin does, actually. And maybe that's why he, I don't know. It's very confusing. And that's why he took the fugu home. That's why he gave her the, by the way, invented drug that doesn't exist in real life because it needed to do the exact same thing as the fugu toxin. Mm-hmm. That's why he, that's why they made that drug up. Gotcha. Do doctors have just effects. have that though? Do doctors just carry around the fugu hey. toxin? No, and also or, n- coroners don't carry that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, her yeah. excuse was, "We're still doctors. Our patients are just dead." Well, the main thing is she that was concerning is like she came in on Christmas or Christmas Eve mm-hmm. to deal with this homeless person, um, and they're like, "That's fishy," because usually it's the rookie who works on Christmas Eve. Well, except for the rookie not realizing that it's fishy that she came uh, in to work so um, to speak yes the, <clears throat> no pun intended as the rookie was the one preparing the fish uh but um you know the the rookie didn't think it was weird that the coroner did, did that last year with the, the homeless man and the does and anyone else that. have a problem with the fact that he went and intentionally got hit by that lady's car <laughs> so, was, uh, so what happens is he suspects the medical examiner, the the head coroner. And so he like cuts himself with glass and then jumps in front of her car. So she hits him, but like only to confirm the bag was in her car. And then like two scenes later, he just slim Jim's the car open and searches it. I'm like, why didn't he just slim Jim the car to begin with? Why did he have to be hit by a vehicle? Well, he got, I mean, he did it so he could give her the fruitcake, right? But why didn't he just give her the fruitcake? I mean, that was later. That was, yeah, the fruitcake. So I'm just saying, like, why did he get by the car? Couldn't he just slim Jim the car and look in the bag? That's all I'm saying. Well, because he ended up doing that anyway. Were they, maybe they weren't going to work together for the the next few days because it was 
Christmas Eve the next night. I don't know. Just break into her car. That's all I'm saying. Um, I I gotta say, uh, I I I thought. At this point, I thought she was a serial killer, like <laughs> running over people on the side of the road um, <laughs> because I was like, OK, is she going to lure Jared to her car and then like kill him too? Or? Yeah, it seems like overkill. <laughs> yeah. To speak. Um, I, let's see. Um, prior to this, he, uh, he had figured out the girl was a gymnast and uh, figured out who that girl was that that had died um, by in a weird display doing uh giving himself calluses as if he were doing an upright bar and uh while i thought he was smoking like in that scene of in old so did i yeah Yeah. i thought he was (laughs) i thought it was super dramatic that he had a cigarette in his mouth and he's like just yeah what are these hanging from the yeah (laughs) no he was he was he was sucking on a candy cane (laughs) um cute yeah and uh then we get a nice flashback about rabbits um between always jared and miss parker is uh, that is, is that like a common theme but or is it just this episode with the rabbits no they're just they were raised at the center both right. of them like she wasn't ca- captive but like they kind of have a relationship and she's like a sister to him and then of course um sydney is like a father and it's like a whole thing but no i don't think the rabbits were recurring Oh, they're a brother and sister-ish. I, I always wanted them to get together. The dynamic. <laughs> not, not, not. I don't yeah, believe still. we ever find out that they're related, although I think they allude to it a couple of times. It kind of see that was kind of where I was thinking it was going, that they were actually maybe even twins. Mm. Or they were created. Oh. It's also weird that the actress who plays Miss Parker is name has the last name of Parker. Her, her name's Andrea Parker. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That is kind of weird. Um, let's see. So Jared makes a disgusting batch of fruitcakes after getting hit by the car. Uh, or just that single fruitcake that he put the Fugu poison gland in. Which Yeah, so that was the thing that bothered me. It's like, wouldn't you extract the toxin? So it like mixed uniformly into the fruitcake because wouldn't she have had to eat the bite with the gland in it? No, well, he mixed, into the, he mixed it into the batter. Yeah, and but then, glands are made of tissue. Like they don't just disintegrate. Right. But if she ate like that gland directly, she would have died immediately. Yeah. So then my point is like it was like Russian roulette with with fruitcake. Oh, yeah. That's not wrong. <laughs> or is it wrong? If you bake it, does it lose its efficacy? I doubt and, it. Andrew, you're the doctor i mean it would denature the proteins potentially but that doesn't mean it would be rendered entirely Inert. non-toxic enough that it would for just... example you can kill um the bacteria in your food but if they've already released their toxin you can still get sick from it even after you microwave it okay mm-hmm. that's fair um so it was actually the fugu toxins that he put in his fruitcake because at the end, it, it, he said something like, oh, she's going to have like horrible diarrhea when she wakes up. Yeah, uh, that and he's like, the, the effects of the fish should wear off in four to six hours. I think it's treatable if you know what it is. Okay, yeah. Is it? Obviously. Because this show does its research, okay? <laughs> does it? Are you sure they don't just pull up the the nineties equivalent of a Wikipedia page, the the Encyclopedia Britannica page for? Um, yeah, no, it actually doesn't. They encarted. There is no treatment. They just have to put you on a ventilator so you breathe again. So, and she was definitely not on a ventilator. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, he he gives her the fruit cake. He shoves her in her own car. Uh, he threatens to have her get sliced open while she's still alive. Uh, this is where we were talking about. It got really dark. Um, yeah. and then, uh, you think that Jared's about to let the, uh, the Asian ME, uh, slice, slice open the head ME, um, while she's still alive, which even if you're, paralyzed like that how is i don't understand how she was able to cry and be cognizant if mm-hmm. none of her organs are like if she, her body is paralyzed and unable to move yeah but you you're still aware i guess is the thing if you are not breathing well yeah i mean it's listen it's tv <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean if you ever watched gray's anatomy come on 
I've learned a lot from Grey's Anatomy. Is that like ER? You've learned. There's a lot of. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that's pretty close, but there's just some stuff that if you know anything, you're like, it's lupus. That was house. House was the worst (laughs) medical show. Like the technically the diagnoses uh, like I actually watched existed. Scrubs. Okay, was, but scrubs. like I'm sorry, I'm a medical animal, medical professional, but like you can't just keep defibrillating people. Eventually, someone's <laughs> going to have to do some CPR. Come on, like that's house. Anyway, I thought Grey's Anatomy like it got some of it right. Uh, ER got most of it right, so that's why it's my favorite. It was uh, written by an ER physician. Anyway. Again, the most medical drama I've watched is Scrubs. Um, yeah. There's drama and it's also at a hospital Um, (laughs) and the episode kind of just, you know, goes away from like, yeah, he he meets the brother of the gymnast girl. Like, oh, that was weird. I didn't like that. That brother was way too happy. Yes. Yes. His sister he was like, is still dead. He was just like smiling. Thank you so much. Like you just made our Christmas by identifying our dead sister. So what ended up? Why did she die? Did we ever find that out? Uh, No. No, he did it. He absolutely did it. <laughs> oh, that that's actually the only way that it makes sense that he was so happy. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, as the life insurance is being deposited into his account because you have to find the person. You have to identify the person. You get life insurance. Okay, wow. yeah. good, good call. And also strange that Andrew knows that. Um, <laughs> Listen, I'm the one with the big policies. So I'm the one that's in danger. Good they had the perfect marriage. It was the wife. Uh, hi Kayla. Um, <laughs> what are you doing behind Andrew there? No. Uh, oh, the detective guy. Yes. Who is that? He's in everything. The uh, in the uh, in specific episode. Who is yeah. the detective guy? I have no idea. You know this guy. This guy's in everything. I gotta, I'm looking it up. Amelia Amelia Estevez. No. Um, Amelia Estevez's brother. Stop it. What? Uh, I'm going to find this. Sorry, you guys keep uh, talking amongst yourselves. Emilio Estevez's father. Oh, stop. Do you, do you know who either of those are? Tony Plana. Plana. Tony he's, Plana. He's been in a lot. He's been in. Uh, okay. I gotta, go back. I gotta go back a little bit to TV. I recognize. So. Madam Secretary. Uh, elementary. Lethal Weapon TV series. He was the dad oh. and ugly Betty. The Blacklist, the dad and ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming he was the dad and ugly Betty. I don't know. Desperate Housewives for a bunch of episodes. Yeah, the so he's been in a fight. lot. Emilio Estevez. 24. What? Oh, 24. I know him from that, too. Oh, who was he in 24? Uh, some guy. Oh, he's in the Omar. Punisher. Oh, that's right. He was in the Punisher. Um, this is our show. We just IMDb stuff and talk about it. Yep. He was in a great memory. Great memory. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you if he was in something I watched yesterday. He was in Young Pope. He's in a Christmas episode of ER. He was in that episode oh. like season two, episode ten. Anyway. Uh, Did he play a detective? Um, no, he played a priest. Oh my gosh, oh. this description of the episode. Mark has to deal with the fact he can't see Rachel during the holidays and takes care of a Holocaust survivor whose grandchild is missing. That's a very wow. uplifting holiday uh, story. I mean, we did an, uh, we did we did the saddest holiday story from ER last year. So, but I think it's perfect that Nikki came on for an episode, the only episode I think that had murder in it. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it it did seem like it was it was uh, handpicked for you. Um, I will say I was also pleasantly surprised by the hypothetical quality of the hypothetical daily motion rip of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, it, so what, what, what else? Uh, they, they sang a bunch of, did they sing a bunch of songs? Um, they were, he read the story. The, uh, that's yes. Right. Twice night before Christmas. Not and then he disappeared. He always disappeared at the end of the episode. Oh yeah, they said he said the thing. Not even a mouse, which is the title That's of right. this episode. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, he disappeared. And Jared stands in the snow like a doof. Um, enjoying well, it's because it. earlier in the episode, he escaped the center briefly as a child to look at the snow and mm-hmm. did the same thing. 
he was in a city where it snowed frequently for the last week that he was there. Yeah, that's my gripe is like what all of a sudden this is his first Christmas. Like he's well, did he just get out? I guess maybe he just got out. He did in just get out. One. That's true. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's at this point I realized that Christmas George was not the same person as the dead Santa yeah. at the beginning. Well, hold on. But they said that he called Sydney every Christmas. Uh huh. But he's only been out for five, eight episodes. So why is he calling someone that he sees every day at at work on Christmas? Well, didn't Sydney come and visit him every Christmas? Well, he saw him every day. Except for the week where he was gone. Yes, on- to visit his twin brother. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. There's we a twin that. theme. We missed that whole subplot where he went and visited uh, Sydney's twin brother and left the snow globe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is that why they're they're doing all this testing with twins? Is it because he wants to like heal his brother or? I think I think what it is is like even though Sydney works for kind of a nefarious company, he's sort of like the benevolent, you know, he's, he's not necessarily a monster. He's actually a scientist and he's trying to figure this stuff out, but the people who run it do it in ways that are like really sketchy and like without informed consent, et cetera. Oh, and um, that's why you think that Miss Parker is Jared's twin. Yeah. Cause yeah. they're doing all sorts of stuff with stuff. genetics and uh, like, yeah, it gets a little it gets a little freaky. And there's more levels to the center we learn about later. There's like other sub levels where other more nefarious stuff happens. Like you get Ooh. deep into this show, I'm telling you. Unfortunately, it never resolved even after two made for TV movies for TNT. True. So there's no answers? I, there's a, there's I need to know answers. if there's answers. It, okay, there, there's before some I start answers this. In the season finale. The story sucks <laughs> you in, and it is kind of frustrating that they never finish the story. And then there's uh, some graphic novels you could read after watching the two two movies. So this is like a real investment of time, you're saying. I mean, it's I'm, 86 episodes. I mean, you can watch The Big Bang Theory instead if you want, but. The. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts for the pretender. Let's start with Nikki. Um, I thought it was a great feel good murder, <laughs> murderous <laughs> holiday. Chris, it gave me all the feel goods though, because it was super cheesy and I really mm. appreciated that. Mm. I knew it was going to be good as soon as he got out of the van with the trash bags or the tarp to put on the body <laughs> and said he brought the gift wrapping. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I'm going to get into it, I think, as long as there's answers, because now I have a lot of questions, the <laughs> twins and the rabbits and the fruitcake. Just so many questions. <laughs> you found another Pretender fan 20 years later, Andrew. Yes. You've done it. As long as there's more murder. There's, there's oh, more listen, murder, right? I bet there's a Pretender yeah. Reddit. I should get oh. on there. I mean, oh. there's I definitely there's, there's definitely more murders. It's I mean, yeah. And he doesn't well, really go Dexter, right? Like he never does that. No, he never he kills anyone. Like, He's like very <laughs> good to people. Mm-hmm. He just scares the crap out of him. Uh, uh, Andrew, refer to the Twinkie Cream episode. I am going to give my final thoughts so that you can close out on a okay. uh, on a high note. Um, this was a terrible episode of The Pretender to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I. I I've been complaining about having to watch the pretender the entire 12 days of Christmas specials episode uh, or specials this year, just because um, it's fun to give Andrew grief. I like the pretender. I like Jared. Um, This was, as we said, not the best episode to just jump in on. And yet still Nikki still seems to be hooked, um, which says something about the show. Um, It's going to say, or it says something about me. I'm not sure. That's fair. Um, but it's, it, it is, it's interesting. It's a mystery. Uh, it, it ha- if there was an easy way for me to stream it, uh, I would probably start watching this instead of I'm currently uh, stuck trying to watch Smallville because I need a palate <laughs> cleanser after Lois and Clark and that's still going on. I am in season four or five, almost six at this point. Please help me. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, <laughs> More, more clear stories. Pretender, come yes. on! I thought I th- thought there was a serial killer just running over homeless people and burying them in snowbanks. It's <laughs> He's not, actually the coroner. Not good writing. Not good writing. And the, the stop it with the Chekhov gun. Chekhov's guns. But you know, Pretender, fun. I'm glad we glad we watched it. Um, I love it. It makes me want to rewatch it. 
um, which I probably will sometime soon. And I have to say, even though like she's not, she's kind of the antagonist in a way. Um, I have to say this. And I mean this in the most positive way possible, not in a degrading way, but Miss um, Parker is a badass bitch. Like she is, she's with that. She's running around with that gun. She yeah, doesn't take who, nobody's nonsense. Uh, and who like in this episode received a phone call and then received another phone call. <laughs> yeah. So like you didn't get any Miss Parker and she's one of the best parts of the episode or best parts of the show. <laughs> But I do like right before she was about to head out to that thing with her dad, she mm-hmm. appeared to be wearing like a low cut nightgown yeah. and was just drinking a martini by herself on the couch. I that swear to her, God, I thought she had a cigarette in her hand. That was her dress for the party. I know, but like the way it was lit, it just yeah. kind of looked like that. And I was like, this lady knows like she knows how to hang out like she's by herself <laughs> and she's just <laughs> drinking a martini like, oh, no, that's a lit candy cane. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> yes, I love the show. All right, uh, that's it for this holiday edition of Namely 90s. Thank you so much to Nikki Young of Serial Napper for coming on. Can you let our listeners know where to find you, Nikki? Yeah, I'm on (laughs) Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we should clarify that serial (laughs) is in serial killer, not as in what I put in my checks mix. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Namely90s90s or find our personal accounts at Bishwitty and at Andrew and tell us what you want us to talk about on future episodes. If you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Namely90s also with 90s. Finally, you can also contact us through our website, Namely90s.com. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Center, Deezer, TuneIn, iHeart, and wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Brandon. That's Andrew. Thank you so much one final time to Nikki Young of Serial Napper. And tune in tomorrow for day 10 of our 2021 12 Days of Christmas specials. We'll catch you next time. Very good.